1: Guys, 2022's been a roller coaster year, so spoil her this Christmas by giving her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all. With soft, silky, naturally nude pajamas exclusively from Pajamagram. Sensuous and smooth, naturally nude pajamas feel just like her own bare skin, even more alluring than lingerie. The texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. She'll love the feeling of wearing next to nothing at all and you'll love the way they look. Best of all, Pajamagram does the wrapping for you with free gift packaging. Order today and Pajamagram will also include a free matching Naturally Nude 90 with the purchase of Naturally Nude Pajamas. That is free gift packaging and a free Naturally Nude nighty when you order today. Just go to Pajamagram.com. It's fast, easy, and delivery by Christmas is guaranteed. That's Pajamagram.com.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You are watching and listening to the Belly Up Fantasy Live Football Edition on this Tuesday night pre-draft. The draft's two days away, guys. The draft's two days away, guys. The draft's two days away, guys. You're going to see me super, super excited on Thursday night and Friday night because the Belly Up Sports' MDs and BFL's NFL draft coverage will be kicking off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. On your favorite social media accounts on YouTube, pretty much everywhere you want to go at belly up fantasy on Thursday night at belly up MDFF show on Friday night and the MD's fantasy football. YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe because you're not going to miss a thing. We're going to go over pick-by-pick pick betting. We're going to fantasy analysis, football analysis. Everybody's face that you see on this stream right now will be on the draft at one point or another. Chris Dowhower and I will be on it from start to finish on Thursday and Friday. All of that is coming up in just two days. Still so much prep work to do. But today's show, I thought it'd be really, really interesting if we did a pre-draft Rookie mock draft, and maybe we'll do one right after the NFL draft on our following episode, and then we can kind of reflect and compare the drastic value differences that we're going to come across as we go through this mock draft today. It's going to be a startup rookie five, uh, five. Five-round, 12-team mock draft. We're going to go through some computers as well. Uh, we do have one more person who's going to hopefully be joining the uh, show really, really soon. But for now, I'm joined with the normal crew of Adam and Dauhauer. How are you doing, guys? Chris, as always, never. <laughs> <laughs> thank
3: you for, for muting me.
2: <laughs> you mute yourself, sir. I, I, I have to unmute so you. <laughs> When we, when oh, we play the intro video, it mutes you, and then you have to unmute yourself. Um, yes, I have to teach these bye guys bye. as we're streaming live. This is what we do here.
3: Go sorry, ahead. sorry, sorry. I was trying to say I was super excited because it's my favorite part of this season, which is the draft. Um, I, this is my first mock draft. I've been doing this entire season, and we get to actually follow up this Thursday with our show. Um, coming, as Dan kind of pointed out, we're going to be everywhere with all kinds of guests. I'm super excited for the coming show as well.
4: Adam, how are you today? I'm doing great. Excited to uh, talk some dynasty on this show Um, and excited for for the draft, all that comes with it, and uh, the big draft show this Thursday, Friday.
2: Yeah, Adam, you are going to be on for the first five picks in the first round. And then the second round, you'll be coming on from picks 57 and 64. And I believe you're going to be on... Uh, at the end of the late third round as well, uh, yeah. the pick 77 onto the rest of drafts. So you're going to see a lot of Adam guys, which is big, because Adam's one of our top dynasty minds. That's why this this draft, this show is going to be right up his alley. I expect you to smoke us. That's what I expect <laughs> from you. We'll see what happens, though, because we'll I have see. a pretty good feeling or idea, at least, of what my mindset is on these guys that we're going to be talking about in just a few minutes. Chad is working on uh, getting in here in just a few moments so we'll wait for him to start this what I'll do is I'll tee this up we're going to be talking about like I said it's a, it's a startup rookie draft so it's going to be a snake draft it's not going to be a linear draft you do usually have your linear rookie drafts after you already know you know who is the worst team who's the championship team when you start up the most fair way to do any kind of startup is to do snake. But, plain and simple. So that's why we're going to do it from that aspect here today. Again, it's going to be 12 teams. only going to be four of us, though. So we're going to have a lot of computer picks that we're going to kind of go over, which are going to mostly draft off of ADP with a little bit of unpredictability. So we'll be able to kind of work all that in as well. And we have our main man. This was my fault, guys, by the way. I sent out the wrong link. But we have our main man, Chad, coming in joining us filling in for lamaro and he's going to have a lot of great things to say because chad's been on a tear if you guys haven't seen his articles i don't know how you missed it at this point but go <laughs> ahead check him out at belly sports.com he's been the one doing all of the off-season moves you need to know by position incredibly insightful with expectations of what these guys are going to do in their new locations chad how are you this evening i'm doing
5: excellent guys good to be here how's everyone doing
2: We're doing great, super excited to get this thing kicked off. Uh, Before we do, though, I got to give a big shout out to our sponsor of the evening, which is Manscaped. And with the first pick of the 2021 men's grooming draft, the ball Saxonville Sagwires selected Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming. It looks like Mel Kuyper gave this an A plus grade because this pick is a major upgrade for that Bush defense. For all my NFL draft fans out there, we have an exclusive 20% off promo code BellyUpFantasy at Manscaped.com. That'll get you 20% off and free international shipping. This is the reason why Manscaped is the guaranteed number one pick because they have the performance package. This package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Inside the performance package, you're going to find products and liquid formulations that have been developed to turn your bathroom into a salon for your balls. So support the show and get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BellyUpFantasy at Manscaped.com. And we're going to be giving – actually, we're going to be giving out – a couple of manscaped giveaways during the nfl draft stream as well so just more and more reasons to make sure you guys tune in talked about adam joining chad's gonna be on there as well in the third round yeah. i believe picked uh 77 to 82 is when you're gonna get to see him so he's gonna be giving us that deep dive knowledge that he has uh and we're gonna get to see it on display here right chad yes sir absolutely so let's kit this thing kicked off. Now, unfortunately, I was not able to figure out a way to get this thing up on the stream. So you guys are going to have to listen to me announce these picks. Now, I believe of all of us, Chad is going to have the top pick to start off with. But of course, like I said before, it is a stake draft. As far as the scoring format goes, we're treating this as if it's a one quarterback dynasty league half point PPR. That's how we're treating this thing through these five rounds of these rookie mock drafts. So i'm gonna go ahead and start this fellas. I hope you guys all have your apps up and running. The computer is on the clock at pick one oh one now in a one quarterback dynasty league and we'll go to, we'll go to Chad here first on this one. Mm-hmm. Are you automatically drafting a Trevor Lawrence if you had the number one pick? you have the number two pick just so oh, everybody knows
5: yeah no i'm I'm avoiding it i mean you 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 gotta capitalize on those position skill players really and I was reading into there. A lot of people are actually in one-quarterback leagues here maybe targeting those quarter, those top quarterbacks in the back end of the second round even. They're going a little bit later. Or even a little bit earlier, I should say.
2: Yeah, uh, well, they, they are. Look, in the two-quarterback leagues, I think it becomes pretty prudent that oh, the computer, I, yeah. for some reason, won't make its pick. But it becomes pretty prudent that you have to take them at that point. But in the one-quarterback leagues, don't jump at those quarterbacks. I mean, right at them?
4: Yeah, exactly. In the one quarterback leagues, you really want to, you know, get the depth and um the talent at the those skill positions. Uh whereas in your your two quarterback leagues, I mean in my in my current league, I fully expect five out of the first six picks to be quarterbacks. So there's definitely I think that's the biggest difference in between the two is that quarterback value is way different. Mhm
2: Yeah, absolutely 100%. All right, Chad, you're on the clock. The first pick was Najee Harris by the computer. We'll talk about that in a second. But, Chad, go ahead and make your selection.
5: All right. I am going for. Come on. Draft him for me.
2: I think I have to resume it, I guess. Here we go.
5: Oh, there we go. Okay. It's coming in, guys.
2: Coming in hot. The pick Coming is in, hot. and it's Jamar Chase off oh, no. the board. So I'm gonna pause Jamar this real Chase, quick and talk guys. about the next few paces. we we'll talk about why to took Jamar Chase there with number two. All
5: right. It has nothing to do with Devontae Smith not thinking he's going to succeed in the NFL. I really do think he is. I just believe Jamar Chase, he's gonna be he's gonna get he's gonna be good. He he has the same type of frame you see in a julio jones or aj green and he has that physicality i think he's gonna be able to bring to the board right away year one
2: dahar what do you think about that pick
3: i mean it's it's, i think that's a smart pick i mean i think he's the best receiver in the board and as he's pointing out he's got the long-term success rate probably the goal in his favor i think it's a solid pick
2: Awesome. Now, the next two picks were the computer, and they came off Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. Howard what do you think about the computer picks there at three and four?
3: I um, think Etienne's a little higher than I probably would have took him, but I know a lot of people are a big fan of his, and like as Adam kind of pointed out, you're looking for some depth at the running back position and skill position, so I can understand why they went that route. Trevor Lawrence going number four uh kind of challenges the notion of how high do we go at the quarterback. It seems like the, the computer values that quarterback pretty high there.
2: Well, I, I guess it depends on what your team makeup is, too. And you always kind of have to infer that. But – Trevor Lawrence is, is probably going to go. His ADP has been the top five, even in one quarterback leagues. That really hasn't changed too much. It's the, it's depending upon whether he goes number one and then where the rest of the quarterbacks kind of follow up behind that. But I'm, I'm curious to see what Adam stars are on Travis Etienne going at the third pick there.
4: Oh uh, yeah. I don't think that's too far from what you're going to see in most drafts. I know uh, both of you are uh, Williams over him guys, but I, I think that, that that's fair value for him. I guess I would say that that's about where I think he'll go in a lot of drafts, in the three to five range. So
2: while Adam was talking, Chris Dowhower made his pick, and he takes Kyle Pitts, runs to it, and takes Kyle Pitts at number five. Chris, go ahead.
3: I'm going for the rarity. We all know tight ends is a pain in the butt to find. It a position to kind of feel good ones. And I'm trying to get the best one on the board and a guy also you know in a half point PPR I think he's going to have plenty of receptions
5: what do you think about that pick Chad you know what i i don't i don't blame you for doing it man i I really don't like, he's he's saying he's the unicorn of the uh of the draft and personally i i just because it tight ends typically do take a few years to develop in the league here I personally like to i like i don't like spending a first round pick on one I mean, I'm probably going to be wrong, and he's going to blow up and be like Kelsey right away, right in year one. But, uh, I mean, I think so far the steal in the draft is Devonta Smith going at
2: 108. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in a split second. But I do think Kyle Pitts is a good pick at number five. I really do.
5: agree. I agree. Personally, I wouldn't do it, but – I do not discredit you in doing it whatsoever. Like it's a smart move. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long time. He's just someone I would I would rather trade for. <laughs> no, well,
2: because what I was going to bring up is that that's the debate on Kyle Pitts right now. It's is Kyle Pitts that much more of a special athlete, a special player, comparative to what the track record of these rookie tight ends wind up being. And I think that that's really the debate on whether where you're going to value him in that sense. If he winds up at Atlanta at four, and I that seems to be where it's going unless Atlanta trades back, that, I think, is what people are going to jump on at that spot at number five. So it's a nice little value pick there. Adam did make – I'm going to pause this before the clock runs out on me here. After Chris made his pick, we had Javante Williams, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith all come off the board there. Adam, you made your pick, and Rashad Bateman – Are you a little bit bitter that both the Alabama wide receivers came off before we got to make your pick there?
4: (laughs) Yeah, you know, that that was pretty tough. But it pretty much came down to uh, Michael Carter versus uh, Bateman there for me. There are some, as you know, I value Elijah Moore very, very highly. However, I, I think that slot receiver is pretty deep in this draft class, whereas, you know, I want to lock in a guy on the outside. I trust Bateman a lot more to be an instant player than Terrace Marshall. And after those two, the guys on the outside fall off pretty hard. So I, I can I feel like if I want to get someone who's going to play out of the slot, I can do that later. I don't think that there's going to be many options going forward for a guy that can be a dominant uh, wide receiver of two, wide receiver one on the outside.
2: I'm 100% in agreement with you. I think it's a big reason why Rashad Bateman has, not just because I think he actually is really good, but why he has so much value in this draft in particular. Hit the nail on the head there. He's one of the few true perimeter wide receivers that you're going to be able to get in this draft. If you're looking for a guy to actually lead your wide receiver corpse, he's going to have to be the one. He's going to have to be the guy who can be on the perimeter, be the physical specimen, run the full route tree, be that guy that you build around as much as you love Elijah Moore, as much as I love Rondale Moore, at the end of the day, there's a limit to what they're going to be able to bring to the table. As far as their ceiling ceiling really goes there right after Adam went Rondale Moore and Justin Fields. So Chad, what do you think about Justin Fields going to pick 11 while I make my pick?
5: I mean, hey, if he ends up at the, with the 49ers, he might be pretty good this year.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that real quick because now the media is going crazy, right? It's, it seems like it's purely Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Justin Fields has essentially been left out of the conversation. What do you think about that, Dahar? Because I know you had some early predictions on it being Trey Lance to begin with.
3: Um, I think it's interesting. That from everything I'm hearing is the 49ers have a kind of debate on their own team. Um, you got what Kyle Shanahan wants, which seems to be Joe. And you have what their scouts seem to want, which is Trey Lance. I think it's kind of a, an argument of how long are you trying to stick with Jimmy G? And how much do you want to invest now? Are you trying to get the guy who's the high, you know, high potential down the road, or do you want a guy who can stick out there day one and could be a starter? Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of plays out. You know, I'm, I'm not a big Trey Lance fan, so I, I kind of hope that they lean towards the, the smart move. But also, I still can't understand how they traded all those picks for that pick.
2: <laughs> no, I, I don't either. You guys are going to be in for a treat because you're going to see me. It doesn't matter what the 49ers do at three; you're going to see me flip <laughs> out. Mad. I'm going to be mad. Either doesn't matter what direction they go. I am going to be angry, and you're going to get to see that on the third pick, which is really where this draft actually, frankly, starts at this point. Uh, as soon as Justin Fields is done, it was my pick, and like I said, it's a snake, so I had the 12th pick, go back-to-back picks, which I actually liked in this instance because I got to grab two players, I really liked. I get Zach Wilson, who is my number two quarterback in this draft, not just from a – NFL standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint as well. I think he has the most natural arm talent, possibly this entire class, but he also has the legs of a Justin Fields, Trey Lance type of what they're going to bring to the table. He's got both. I don't care if he winds up on the Jets. Everyone needs to get this out of their mindset. This is not the same old Jets. This is not Adam Gates. This is a totally new team, a totally new regime. And while, you know, they don't have weapons I'm going over the moon with, I do believe that in that system, it will simplify things enough, and it's built around the quarterback being able to do play-action boot, which is right up Zach Wilson's alley. He's much better throwing the ball on the run as it is anyway. I like that a lot. And then I was able to get Michael Carter, who is my uh, third running back on the board. I have him actually one spot I have ahead of Travis Etienne because why? I think he's actually a little bit more explosive. Nobody seems to want to bring that up, but when it comes to actual explosive runs, Michael Carter actually beats out Travis Etienne, and I think he's less systematic dependent than Travis Etienne is on his fit and where he's going to go. Now, having said that, would I draft in a dynasty draft Michael Carter ahead of Travis Etienne? No, I wouldn't because I'm a guy who's going to draft based off of value. Those guys are all off the board. So to me, Michael Carter is the best running back left in this rookie draft class. And it's a no brainer because of what how highly I have him graded already as it is. Chad, do you have anything to say uh, to that?
5: No, you know what? I think it's great. Like Michael Carter, he, I thought it was cool that you had him ahead of Travis Etienne, but mm. that, I, I agree with what you have to say with taking P, taking the ADP value.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Adam, I don't, I don't want to distract you actually while you're making your pick. Dow, however, the next two picks were Kenneth Gainwell and Pat Frearmuth. You were the one who took the tight end. Give me your comments on Pat Frearmuth going that high, because even I think that's a little bit high for a uh, a questionable at best tight end.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see where he lands first and foremost. There's rumors, maybe Jacksonville, some different teams out there, but I don't necessarily see him being productive his first year. As as Chad was kind of pointing out, tight ends can struggle. I went with Pitts because I think he's more of a hybrid, but I understand for the most part, tight ends don't usually come out and you know hit the scene hard. This is a tight end I'm not overly impressed with in, in general. Um, so I like to see kind of where he winds up, and I don't, I definitely question taking him in the second round.
2: Yeah. I don't care this is a five-round rookie draft. I don't care how desperate you are at tight end. Pat Freeman does two things well. He runs the seam well, and he is an average blocker, especially compared to the rest of this tight end class. Uh, There's no tight end outside of Kyle Pitts that I would even think about taking before the fourth round of rookie draft, because they're just not going to be that impactful at the end of the day. At least that's where I'm at. Kenneth Gainwell came on after as well. So, Adam, before we get to your draft pick that you made, is Kenneth Gatwell, I mean, is this guy going to play receiver? Is he going to be a running back? Are you taking him that high in the second round just because he's a running back? What, what were your thoughts on that?
4: I think he is a very, very fun player to watch. Like, I had a good time watching his film. However, he's a guy that's going to be like Tony, going to be like some of these other gadget guys who it's, it's going to be hard to see, you know, real consistent fantasy value out of unless he <laughs> – finds himself in a role where he ends up being a, a Shane Marine or a James White, like that is the best he can do, I think. Or I guess if he makes it into a slot receiver role, some kind of way. But I mean, that's the best you can really hope for out of him. And that's not really the the ceiling that I'm looking for at the top of the second.
2: No, maybe a Dion Lewis, but even then that was only a flash in the pan. So let's get into your pick. You went with a running back. You went with Trey Sermon, a guy I actually like a lot. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden – people have started to catch on to it seems like as of late too so talk to me about why you like Trey Sermon there uh with your fourth pick in the second round
4: I I just think he's a balanced overall like good back he's not um he's not going to be too system dependent I think he can you know I think he can play wherever and I think I think he's patient and I think that's what will what gets guys who aren't top tier backs who aren't because of draft back capital forced into starting roles I think that's what gets them on the field early that and being good pass blockers which uh, I wouldn't call him an elite pass blocker but there are certainly worse options um, all of that being said as we all discussed uh, a week or two ago uh, I prefer Ramondre Stevenson but his ADP is looking more in the top of, to the mid of the third yes, honestly I would probably trade back out of this pick just looking at the board and looking at you know what I had available to me but in the, this situation, I think Trey Sermon was the way to go.
2: I'm going to pause the draft because the clock is about to run out on Dow Howard. There, Dow Howard, make your pick while I talk to Chad real quick about the next three picks that were that came up on the computer. Chad, we had Trey Lance, Brevin Jordan, and Terrace Marshall coming off the board. Uh, let's throw Brevin Jordan aside because yeah, we had no, our I, comments I, about Pratt Fear myth. Go ahead.
5: I was hoping you were going to start. you going to let me start with him. Brevin Jordan. He is someone who he came on my radar like. See January now. Someone I was reading an article on him. Someone from college was writing up a.
0: The
5: profile and they were saying that he has there's he's going to be overshadowed by kyle pitts there's like everyone is going to be overshadowed by him he he's the top dog but brevin jordan is going depending where he lands in the nfl he is going to i think he's my sleeper tight end out of this class
3: thank you chad yeah. thank you well i was <laughs>
2: so you are thank not you, concerned chad. about the concerning pro day that he had in other words
5: you know what i, I could be nerves, right? It was the biggest day of his life. Like, Then again, he he did come in a little bit overweight, right? Yes. Yeah. We'll see how he is when We'll see. Well, I'll, I'll refrain to my sleeper tight and come training camp, see how he uh, joins training <laughs> camp. If he's still overweight, then no, I'm pulling that card. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, in case you guys didn't notice there, Dow and I went back and forth uh, at it on this show two weeks ago, I believe it was, over Tommy Tremble. And Brevin Jordan again, the most <laughs> irrelevant uh, debate. That hopefully, the show will ever have again. But uh, it's worth noting, at least in this pick for this for this instance. Chad, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna let you make your pick while we talk about some of the other guys that came off the board. Uh, Dowhower, you went with Mac Jones after taking Kyle Pitts. Staying away from running backs and wide receivers. Explain yourself, sir.
3: Well. As we kind of talked about in previous shows, I think there's a giant gap after the top running backs and top receivers. I think it's kind of a preference pick. So there's still guys there that I kind of like. Um, I'm more concerned about not getting a quarterback that I don't like versus a quarterback who I think can be productive and could play sooner than later. So that's why I went with the quarterback there.
2: Look, here's what I'll say too if Mac Jones does go three in the 49ers at two, you know, eighth pick in the second round, that's good value flat out because he's going to have the best situation of all the quarterbacks who get drafted if he goes to the San Francisco 49ers. So his floor instantly becomes one of the highest if not the highest out of this class to begin with. And I'm going to add this too. If they draft Mac Jones, there was already that report today that came out that they were thinking about trading Jimmy Garoppolo by the weekend. I guarantee you they immediately trade Jimmy G if they draft Mac Jones because Mac Jones is NFL ready. You're not going to you're not going to wait around on that. So if it's Trey Lance though, then we might have a different scenario. Uh, Give somebody else's opinion, Adam. What's your opinion on Mac Jones?
4: Mac Jones, I I think he's um, a really he's a really safe quarterback pick. I just worried, uh, at least fantasy wise, he'll be someone who uh, gets in a role where he's throwing like upper twenties touchdowns, no like few rushing yards, and like three thousand passing yards, and not really, you know being a high volume kind of guy for fantasy. I I think his fantasy production, if I had to guess, I would compare it to Kirk Cousins, which high-end quarterback too. You can work with that, especially in a one-quarterback league. You can absolutely start that, be perfectly fine, and stack the rest of your roster in the second round. There's definitely value in that late second round. However, I don't see him as being someone that ends up as a, a top 12 fantasy quarterback.
2: So, real quick, to, to kind of piggyback off of that, why Kirk Cousins and not Matt Ryan, who had his MVP year with Kyle Shanahan?
4: Uh, you know, I just, I think Matt Ryan had a, an interesting situation where he had those, you know, crazy weapons, and it was, I don't know, like I think, I mean, you remember the year before that was kind of up and down. He had the one great year with Kyle Shanahan, a, above average year with Kyle Shanahan, and that's kind of been the thing. So I think he could have some really great years. I think he could be in pretty inconsistent.
2: I mean, it's all fair. You still have a lot of questions around the 49ers' weapons and who can actually stay healthy and on the field. So Chad Bain hit his pick in the second round before his pick came up, though, because he went with Tylan Wallace as a wide receiver. Before his pick came up, two receivers went off the board: Kadarius Tony and Saint Brown out of USC. Now, Chad, that affect you in any way of why you went with Tylan Wallace well, with your I second thought, round?
5: Uh, I thought Wallace was going to go first. Honestly, I was. I'm glad I got him.
2: Give us a little breakdown uh, on him.
5: Yeah, Tylen Wallace. Like he's he's the type of guy who I think he. Uh, someone here mentioned the tier drops. I can't remember who it was, but uh, anyways, Helen Wallace is at the top of the third tier of wide receivers for me in this uh, wide receiver class. And when you're at the top of, a bo- of the bottom tier, I am I consider that part of this, that upper tier anyways, it's so close. I'm not going to nitpick, but he, he's going to be, he's going to be good. He has length speed and he, he's going to be able to make plays down the field. He, he's going to be a, He's going to be a big play guy. Uh, I think he's going to. Uh, I have a I have a feeling about him. Him and I didn't get him. Who grabbed him before me? He he's moved up in the. Terrace Marshall. He's the other guy who I really like. Tylen Wallace, Terrace Marshall are the two wide receivers out of the first round who I love.
2: So you're looking for those big play threats. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of similarities between a Tylen <laughs> Wallace and a Darius Slayton who came out in his rookie year was really, really able to take the top off, be that kind of big play threat guy. I think there's a lot of similarities between the two, especially depending upon where he winds up at. Chad, I'm going to let you make your next pick yes. while Chris uh, talks to me about Jamie Newman and how wonderful Jamie Newman is not.
3: I mean, Jamie Newman was serviceable at Wake Forest. He has a couple you know, decent games here and there. He's, he's mobile. He's an athlete looking for a guy who can maybe get you some rushing yards. Um, I don't really necessarily think he's going to be a long-term starter in the league, but I do think he might get a shot because of how teams seem to be so eager to draft a quarterback and try to make him right now. Um, he has some skill. And like I said, he can run. He can throw a little bit on the run. Um, not overly accurate, not the strongest arm in the world, but a good athlete, and that might be enough to get him, make him productive in fantasy somewhat.
2: Yeah, while while Chris was talking, Chad made his next pick, and Chris, I'm gonna let you make your pick now. Uh, Chad, you went with Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. Why'd you take him over Ramondre Stevenson?
5: Over you know what? For me, I was taking him over <sighs> Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill, mm-hmm. I was I was going back and forth with it. Kylan Hill is I I don't think he's going to I think he's gonna take a little while to develop, but Again, it depends on your landing spot. I, I'm all about landing spots when it comes to running backs. That's the most important thing yeah. for me. when it, when it with these uh, with the, with the rookie running backs coming to the league here, and unless you're going to a team where there's going to be a, sh- a shaky uh, committee behind you there, or a bunch of veteran free agent re- veteran running backs on the team, there's not going to be room for you to push through. You need you need something like that for these players to go into and. At this point, I'm drafting ADP for my running backs because I missed on the top. I, I know I'm not going to have the top running backs, so I'm drafting guys who I think are going to have the best shot in a, few, in a couple of years or a year, even, hopefully, to make an impact. And it's, and it's all based off ADP at this point for me with my running backs.
2: It's 100% based off of ADP because this is the tricky part about having a rookie draft before the actual NFL draft. Because you're so right. Running backs more so than any other position depend on, on where they, I mean, maybe quarterbacks too to some degree, but running backs really depend on what their productivity is going to be on a few things. What's their draft capital, and what's the system they're going to? That's heavily what it depends as far as what their dynasty outlooks are going to be. And for all of you leagues out there who are thinking about switching or redraft or starting up a dynasty league, whatever the case may be, just make sure you don't have a rookie draft before the NFL draft please. Yeah. I see that going on. It drives me crazy. I don't understand it whatsoever because those values are going dra- to be drastically different. That's why we're doing this mock draft now so we could do one later, and we're going to see a drastic difference where these guys are being taken doing the same exact thing. Uh, before we get into it any further, it is kicking off the third round, and I want you guys to know that Manscape is going to be here for you. They want to know something. Do you have Bush? They know you have Bush. You know why they know you have Bush? Because you don't have Manscape. That's how they know that you have Bush. And after you make these, you know this, this life-changing decision, to buy their products, you're going to be so happy. You know who else is going to be happy? Whoever your significant other is. Trust me. Trust me. I know. I, I'm i patient zero here. It's It's 100% true. You will definitely be smelling better. You will feel more confident. And all you have to do to afford it is use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY, and you'll get a 20% off and free shipping when you go to Manscaped.com com get their perfect package 3.0 kit it comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine so use the promo code belly up fantasy for 20 off and free international shipping so now i gotta pull this thing back up and in the meantime after chad made his hubbard pick went trask went Ramondre stevenson by the computer there and then chris was up on the board chris where did you go
3: I went with Adam's boy, Elijah Moore. Ooh. Um If you guys didn't t- notice that
2: earlier in the stream, Adam was having a heart attack while Chris was trying to make this pick. Like, like, no, don't do it to me. This is a tremendous value, by the way. God.
3: Well, yeah, one at, at, number one. it's tremendous value. Adam sold me. I watched some more tape after watching talk, watching the show last week, <laughs> um, and I was like, I was really impressed. And i i actually heard some Antonio Brown comparisons, and I don't think that's too far off. Um, so I was definitely impressed. And it's also a payback to Adam for taking Bateman. Um, I really wanted to make sure that's my boy. So that's kind of my my payback in some senses. But like I said, I think it's a great value, and I do think that this guy's going to be tremendously productive. He's definitely a slot receiver, but he makes people miss. He's explosive. Um, He tracks the ball well in the air. I think he's going to be a really good player.
2: Yeah, that's tremendous because Elijah Moore, I mean, he's looked at as one of these guys – that you're he, he could be amongst the top ones. He could be in the Terrace Marshall area and those guys. So I'm surprised to see Elijah Moore come here down into the third round. Uh, after that was Hunter Long, another crappy tight end, uh, <laughs> Kylan Hill, Jamar Jefferson, and then we get the Adams pick of Tutu Atwell. Adam, before you go, Chad, you were debating with Kylan Hill. What do you think about him going at the seventh pick in the third round there?
5: I mean, I love it. If I were, where who? It's the computer who has them. Let's see, Brevin Jordan. Yes. You know what? Like, if you look at those three picks there, he—that's a good setup. That's a really good setup. He's got a—he's got a wide receiver. I heard Waddle could potentially be going to Miami. This—they might be spending their pick on Waddle. If he's in Miami, then he—they don't have wide receivers. He's going to fit right in there right away. Brevin Jordan, like I, I already said, my thoughts on him. I, he's right now, depending on how much he's eating, he is my tight end sleeper pick. And then Kylan Hill, he's that he's that diamond in the rough running back I have this year in this class.
2: Yeah, that computer team is uh, putting together a nice little combination there. So Adam, you lose out Elijah Moore, you back it up with Tutu Atwell because I guess you just want to go even smaller. I don't I don't know explain that. <laughs>
4: Uh yeah, so at this point we're getting we're getting a little deep in the draft. There was no one at the ADP that I was just falling in love with. In a real draft, this is a, again another situation where I would want to get I would try to shop the pick. I would try to accumulate picks, but of the guys that were in in near the ADP uh that I was look uh that I was at, he's the one who I felt the biggest Uh, boom or bust potential. And I've just wanted to come to gamble. You know, he's someone who I think in the right system could get an explosive role, not necessarily a high volume role, but could be, you know, pretty explosive if a team were to use him the right way. Obviously there's the crazy size concerns. He's literally, you know, (laughs) skin and bones. He's very small, but he's also very fast, uh, gets really good separation. Not maybe the best route runner. However, um, catches in traffic a lot better than I expected for someone his size, at least uh, out on the perimeter. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wanted to gamble pretty much. <laughs>
2: but, Dajar, what do you think about his Atwell pick?
3: I mean, I think it was actually a good move. I, I think he's actually one of the sleepers in this draft, as a slot receiver particularly. A lot of people focus on his size. He reminds me a lot of like a, a Wes Walker or even Julia, Julian Edelman. He gets in and out of his breaks really quickly. Guys don't really get a good hit on him, so his size doesn't really necessarily hurt him. And he's tough. He's not a guy who's been injured a lot in college. Um, and from everything I hear from out of Louisville, he's one of, their, when they're t- they're one of the guys that they always consider a playmaker. Teams that play against them are always worried about where he is on the field. He can make people miss. And like I said, he's really good at getting in and out of his breaks. And I think he's going to be one of those option routes really well out of the slot. And, I, I actually think adam he's going to be a volume guy. I think he's going to get a lot of production because I think he's going to be quicker for a lot, for a lot of guys to be able to cover him.
2: All right. So after Adam made his pick, and I'm going to make let him make his uh, next pick. Now came off the board was Jared Patterson and Dwayne Eskridge. Neither one I think has a ton of upside. You know, what I think it does have a ton of upside. The two guys I took Tamarian Terry and Khalil Herbert. Uh, I want to start with Herbert. I was actually ecstatic that I got him to kick off the fourth round In this draft, this is a guy who I think, had he started his career in Virginia Tech and not started in Kansas, I think we'd be talking about him a lot more and a lot higher and a lot more along the lines of the top four guys, quite frankly, because he has some of the best vision, I think, in this class. He's very, very good between the tackles. He makes excellent cuts. Uh, I really like him a lot. The question is going to be, not just where he winds up. My more question for him is actually going to be the draft capital because I don't think he's going to be a great special teams guy. I question how fast he can get on the field. So it's going to be, does the team take him? They're, they're going to probably take him the fourth, fifth round in the NFL draft. Are they going to be willing to actually give him a, a legitimate shot is going to be more my question, but he has the talent I believe to be a real, uh, a real sleeper guy there. Chad, what do you think about Claire Herbert?
5: Claire Herbert? You know what? i I. I really wish he was related to uh, justin herbert there but <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately he's not i've uh i'm trying to as soon as you mention his name there like I, I just read something about him maybe three four weeks ago and it was a really good piece breaking it down and i i want to pull pull something from there but i i can't without knowing full well what i'm saying mm-hmm. here so i'm yeah i i gotta I, I gotta pass on this comment here because i can't i don't want to i don't want to that, that's out. fine, because exactly. the other pick
2: that I made was Tamarian Terry. Um, and the reason I make the Tamarian Terry pick here is because he is the only, well, I shouldn't say the only, but one of the other few perimeter wide receivers that I believe you're going to find okay. in this draft class in Florida State. He's a guy who can, he can go up, he can make the catch in traffic with the best <sighs> of them. I don't love his separation. In fact, there's probably next to zero separation. But this guy could come in and be a true red zone threat right off the bat and actually be a perimeter receiver for a team, maybe help them out. Hopefully, he turns more into an Alshon Jeffrey rather than a Hakeem Butler. But his, his, that's where his kind of range really, really is. Adam, I saw you smirk. So, Adam, what, what are your thoughts on Mary and Terry?
4: Oh, no, I, I was uh, smirking one of the CPUs rafted a DB. So <laughs> Yeah,
2: I, I saw that too. I don't know how that happened. This is not supposed to be in the IDP League, so we're just going to kind of skip on off of that and uh, act like that never happened. Yeah. I saw your defensive lineman kind of went too. Can I can I change this midway Yeah, you or? can. You yeah, can okay. click on him. So I'm going to work on that, and uh, somebody give me their thoughts on Tamarian Terry, my pick there at the end of the third round.
3: Well, as you know, I'm a huge Terry fan. Um, I, it's one of the one of the guys you know averaged 18 yards per catch at the Florida State. They have no quarterback play. Or Florida State the last couple of years, the guys been able to put up numbers. Um, while I can, I understand some of the questions of separation. He's not slow. He's a long strider. He reminds me a lot of Braylon Edwards. Um, I think that he has the ability to go attack the ball, and I think he also has the ability to make people miss. He's got good feet. Um, I heard a lot of knocks on Cortland Sutton coming out about his separation about what kind, of, what kind of receiver he was going to transition to be. Uh, wise tall receivers, he have good feet. I don't question that as much because I, th- I see you guys make, make guys miss. I see how you're able to get out of your breaks. It's about learning how to you know properly route run. So I think this guy's actually got a lot of upside, and I wouldn't be surprised as I kind of talked to you before about if he doesn't kind of mirror Cortland Sutton in a lot of ways.
2: I just don't know if he's that explosive, but. He does have that perimeter skill set, and that's what you're kind of doing here. When you get in the, you get the late third round, fourth round, you're taking shots on guys who might have a potential in a certain skill set. And uh, I have IDP turned off, so apparently sleeper it has his mind of its own and is doing what it wants to do. <laughs> Chad, what do you have yeah, for us? You know
5: what I was going to say about Terry there. He um he he's been inconsistent catching the ball too, though. So that that's one thing. That's one thing I would be concerned. But in this this point in the rounds. Shouldn't be that big of a deal, but he has that size and speed that you guys have both mentioned. So he he might offer something pretty, pretty quick.
2: I want to uh, take this opportunity to uh, put some advice out there in general. Um, if you have you're in a five round rookie mock draft, don't draft a kicker, even if your league has a kicker. It's just like the NFL. All right. We just had the computer here. Not only does it have a mind of its own when it comes to these defense guys, but they just drafted a kicker. Andrew, uh, I don't, I, don't draft a kicker. It trade like the NFL draft. You, you sign, you pick these guys up off a of waiver wire. There's, there's no, there's literally no reason for it. Take your chances on guys who are actually going to give you a shot to help out your dynasty teams. There's 32 kickers. There's going to be at most 12 teams in your dynasty league. Most likely for most of you out there, you'll be able to find a kicker. Trust me. There's no need to draft one. So just a little tidbit for you guys out there. We're gonna let Chad make his next right. pick.
5: Yeah, here it comes, guys. This is my, this is probably my favorite late round pick here. It is Amari Rodgers. and he, and the reason being is he is a wide receiver running back hybrid. He can, he can work out of the slot. He can be a deep th- with his speed. He's able to run a, run through down the field, make short catches. He can make long catches. He has a lot of options here, and he could be. Uh, and because of his dual thread, we could see a little bit of work from
3: him in 2021.
2: Dahar, what do you think about Amari Rodgers? And then, I'm sorry, I skipped you. We can go back to your Dimitri Felton uh, pick.
3: That's all good. Um, I like Amari Rodgers. I think he's got some upside. As Chad kind of pointed out, he can play inside, he can play the outside. Um, he gets in and out his routes pretty well. Uh, one of the things I questioned, I think that he ran decently at 40, but I don't know if he necessarily has the game-take speed that you kind of see. Um, the separation was there some at some times, but I also don't always think it was as much as you kind of expected it to be. Um, but I do think overall it's a solid pick. And as you know, what we're talking about later in these rounds, you're trying to find guys who have got that upside. He definitely has upside potential.
2: I'm going to add this in and the audience watching just isn't going to know what I'm talking about initially, but uh, who in the hell is Felipe Franks? Now I know who it is, but I, I'm saying, I know who it is, but I want to lead off. Like uh, even then I would, I would tell him not even come off the board. I'm like, I was still to Kellerman before some of these guys coming off the board, him and Ian Brooks, just insane with this computer is doing uh, to us right now. Um, Demetric Felton, this is another guy who's kind of like Kenneth Gainwell. Is he going to be a running back? Is he going to be a wide receiver? I think that's a big question that you're trying to find receiver. out.
3: Receiver. Yeah, but he's really running terrified. back.
2: He's running back everywhere. Even what? in the NFL drafts, he's running
3: back. Yeah, that's why I took him, but he's, he's going to play receiver, slot receiver, everything I hear.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, he is that Ty Montgomery type. Uh, not, not quite the same build. I don't want to get that twisted. But that guy who's going to be a tweener. And like Ty Montgomery, who kind of in the reverse should have probably been a running back from the get-go rather than a receiver. This is a guy who needs to be a receiver rather than a running back uh, right right off the bat. He's just not built to take on that punishment. I, I kind of think the same way of Kenneth Gainwell. I don't think he's built to take on that kind of punishment, and it kind of limits what their ceilings could, could possibly be. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, he would have a much better ceiling if he just went in as a slot receiver right off the bat. And that's kind of how I feel about Demetrik Felton uh, as well, let's make, well, Chad make
3: just to,
0: his okay. pick in the fifth round. No, go ahead.
3: I was just gonna say that I think that he kind of proved that when he went to the senior bowl, that's why he was so impressive. And I thought I think he's gonna play receiver. That he scouts actually saw him since that point pretty much primarily be receiver. His pro day he ran he did not play most of the receiver. I don't think I think I think it's kind of people catching up to what he's actually gonna do. That's why I solicited him at running back. But I think you're gonna see him clearly be a slot receiver in the league.
2: When we talk about this with Kadarius Toney one of the problems that we kind of run into with guys like this is when they are tweeners, it takes them a while to get on the field. But when you're talking about Demetric Felton, I do believe he's going to be involved in special teams, which will kind of help his cause a little bit. When you're looking at these players in these later round picks, if they actually have a chance to play special teams, they might actually get on the field at their position a little bit quicker as well. So Chad comes back. Chad mm-hmm. is the wide receiver man. He came I back am. with Seth Williams. What do you got, Chad? You
5: know what? Like, I, I... Right from the get go, I feel like this draft is a wide. Unless you're you're not going to get one of your favorite running backs, or you're not getting one of the top three, four running backs out there. Get focus on the wide receivers, man. Get the or get that uh get those tight ends or those late or those get the value of the quarterbacks if this is a one quarterback league in that second or third round if you can. But I'm how I would how I'm operating this is I'm going wide receiver heavy, and then when you do when we do the regular draft. I'm going, to get my, I'm going to get my running backs who are already playing. I'm going to get my quarterbacks who are already playing. I just really believe these wide receivers this year are going to be similar to last year where we got to see them be, be, be able to play at the NFL level, and that's difficult to do year one. It really is. I don't think they're all going to hit. I hope they do, but I'm hoping that my guys hit uh, more than all of your guys's. <laughs> but Seth Williams is my boom or bust wide receiver of this class. I think he 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 at best he can beat any defensive back, but thing is though he has he, he just I don't know if he has the work ethic or focus to make it. And Adam,
2: what's, what's a right? dynasty strategy of like? Because I agree with what Chad's saying overall. And I think it's an actual strat, strategic point that had to be made here. Was the overall strategy of going heavy wide receiver, knowing you have probably have a taxi squad to be able to hold these guys onto, versus just taking I don't know a plethora of running backs or any other position?
4: I mean, <clears throat> I think especially once we get into these later rounds. Uh, I mean, I never, I never want anyone to fully go by need but if you can find a guy who is you know someone you like the traits of and is it a position of need I mean even if you know that guy may not be an immediate starter you're just like down the line I think he has what it takes to potentially be a guy go after it and get him especially when it's you know a deep position like receiver this year you know
5: Uh, I agree with you there man I'm I'm a I'm a big proponent it comes to a point where you need to start I am very comfortable reaching, whether it's his redraft or dynasty, I'm very comfortable reaching for the guy who I want, even if it's a few spots mm-hmm. later. It's worth it because he you will know come back to you.
4: Yeah, exactly. There is a big difference between reaching by six spots and reaching by a round. Like, mm-hmm. if I know a guy's going to come up before next time I get the pick and I like him, even if it's a little bit of a reach now, I'll take it. Nothing is a reach if it hits, if it hits, whatever your draft value was doesn't matter. If it hits,
2: that is some great Confucius knowledge there <laughs> getting dropped Delicious, by eh? Adam. Dale yeah, Howard, you went with Marquez Stevenson keeping the wide receiver train alive. Before you jump into it, I, I kind of want to comment on this whole thing in general. Yeah, because the one thing that comes with the wide receiver is that more of them are going to get opportunities to play. So if you have guys that have a special skill set, whether it be being explosive or being great in the red zone, being great in tra- catching traffic, when you get to this point, none of these guys are going to be great at all of them. They're not. You're looking for a special skill set in one of these guys that might give them an edge if they get a particular shot and just taking these wide receivers later on, there's more of a chance they're going to get on the field than saying, taking these uh, running backs, who, frankly, may never sniff the field, especially if they don't play special teams in particular. So that's why I do encourage most people, if you get in this point and, you know, you there's not a player of need that you're necessarily looking for or that player of need doesn't match the value that you're looking for, wide receiver is really the way to go because that's where the lottery tickets seem to happen at this point in the draft. So, Howard you went with a wide receiver too, and Marquez Stevenson, talk about him a little bit.
3: I think for me, I was kind of looking for the explosive player that has the upside um, as Chad kind of pointed out, you're looking for guys that you have you like your skill set and you're looking for an opportunity that they hit some kind of way. You have an opportunity to you know, blow up. Um, I like guys that are fast. I like guys who can get in and out of their breaks quickly. So I had a, I was kind of debating Schwartz had a great 40, probably the best 40, I think, and all the guys who uh, ran um, at their college this year. I think he ran like a 4.26 or something like that. But Stevenson ran like a 4.3. And when I watch him on game tape, He he popped on me on a sophomore year where I was like, Who's this guy watching the Houston games? And he was just explosive. And since then he didn't you know he didn't disappoint me last year. Like his skill set and I think he's actually a little bit undervalued in some senses because people think he's just a fast guy. He's not. He can actually do a little bit of everything.
2: Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. Uh Keeping the wide receiver train alive, I will mention Kellen Mon finally went in the fifth round. Now, I'm not a big proponent of Kellen Mon, but I mean, over um, kickers, yeah, finally exactly. hit their kicker. over
5: um, the Ian Book and Philippe, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> like, that's like, like, come on, or at least, at least there is some natural ability built in there. Um, Adam with his last pick in the fifth round, he went with Smith Marsette. Uh, give me some little tidbits about Smith Marsette because that's a name that really has not been mentioned much. And I don't think a lot of people know a lot about this guy.
4: Oh, I, I love him out of Iowa. First and foremost at, at this stage, I think it is, as has been mentioned, valuable to get someone who has special teams experience. And not only does he have special teams experience, he's a very good kicker Turner, or at least was at Iowa. A lot of people have called him a potential gadget guy. I don't believe it. I think he's got very good hands. I think like a, um, uh, what's his name? Like Terry, he's someone who uh, testing-wise didn't have great speed and, you know, isn't getting crazy separation, or at least uh, in Smith-Marset's uh, case doesn't um, on short routes. But he's got a long stride, and when he goes deep, he can get that separation. Um, he's a little on the slimmer side and doesn't get off the press crazy well, so that will probably limit him to being a bigger slot receiver or at least maybe a, a 2 with a little bit of space. But I I think at this point I'm willing, I'm comfortable with something like that.
5: Yeah.
2: At this point you're taking your chances. I mean, I doubt how do you have anything to add to that?
3: No, I mean, I think I'd made a great point. This guy, he's, he has got a nice skill set. I do question whether or not he could play on the outside or not, but he, he's aggressive. And I like guys who attack the ball. I like guys who are willing to get, you know, mix it up. And he's a guy that's not only tough, he is definitely a long strider. He can get you, once he gets on top of you, which he Corner's kind of surprised, I think, by how quickly he can get up because he's a long strider. He's able to kind of get that gear and he gets by you. It's hard for guys to catch up, but he uses his body well. Um, so I think he's got a lot of combination of things that makes him be a productive pro.
2: So I'm up as Mr. Irrelevant. I can't find this player, but he hasn't been drafted. I know he's out there. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go ahead and take Tommy Tremble. With my last pick in the fifth round, I'm going to take my guy versus Brevin Jordan. And I got him <laughs> in the fifth round because he's actually going to block. He's actually going to see the field earlier. And people underrate his athletic ability. They Look, he's not going to be the greatest route runner ever. Uh, and he's not always going to have the best hands. But he can stretch the seam. And what I like more about him than anything else, he, it's going to depend on where he goes, but he could play in an H-back role. He could play in a situation where he could be a fullback and play in that role. I like his versatility quite a bit, along with his athletic ability. I, I'm curious to hear Chad's thoughts about Tommy Tremble.
5: Yeah, you know what? It's, uh, it's good. To- I like talking about tight ends. They're my favorite, too to really research. You just here. had an article
0: come out about him. So. I,
5: I did. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it. I was just about to bring this up because he was, he's being drafted for his blocking ability. And when it comes to fantasy production, your tight end, if he's primarily a pass or run blocker, they're not going to put up numbers for you. It, it's, it's one of the easiest things to identify for you to not have that headache in that tight end position every single year. If you can draft or pick up off waivers a of pass-catching tight end, or one that does not spend a majority of his time blocking, he's going to have success. Now, Tommy Trumbull here—if he's being drafted as a blocking tight end, they do say he has laden receiving ability, and he's going to be so he could be like a Will Disley type. He, he's going to be—he's going to be a blocker, and he might come out of the gate and, and work with the with the pass-catching coaches wherever he lands. And he could he could bloom into that pass catch and tight end. He's gonna be on the field. But if you're if you're good at blocking, you're gonna be on the field. And if you can develop those uh develop your hands, you can transition
2: and that's kind of what I'm I'm going for in that that you'll get on the field and he has the athletic ability. This isn't a, a Nick Boyle or a Max Williams or these guys that you know are never going to catch the ball. This is a guy who has an opportunity to mold into something like that. I'll take my shot at tight end when I'm looking for these guys anyway. So let's recap because we just went through our five rounds. So let's recap first with Chad's team. He had the second pick and we had Jamar Chase, Tillon Wallace, Chubba Hubbard, I like saying Chubba Hubbard. I know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's Chubba Hubbard, but I like it's, saying it's Chubba one of the reasons
5: Hubbard. It's I drafted him. It's, it it, it reminds me of Nick Chubb. I don't, like, he's a keeper of mine in uh, my main league here, and I just I dig it. Chubba. It's, it's Chubba, yeah.
2: Chubba Bubba. That's going to be my nickname for him, Chubba Bubba. <laughs> Amari Rogers and Seth Williams. All right, we'll, we'll let Chad comment on his team in a minute. I want to hear Adam's opinion on Chad's five rookies there.
4: I really like it, especially those two. I also like uh, Tylen Wallace. I, I like some. Uh, I like Elijah more, <laughs> more, more as uh, is well known at this point. But of the the guys that went immediately around him, of Deami Brown, Amans Raw, Saint Brown, and of Kadarius Tony, I like him a lot more than any of those guys. So uh, kudos in that regards. And then um, really of the running backs left, I wouldn't say Hubbard's my. Favorite, but again up there, and the Amari Rogers, Seth Williams, um, you know those darts. <laughs> you're just you know trying to get guys that can get value. I'm not a huge Seth Williams guy, however, with the size he he profiles as someone that you know could be incredibly productive, and I I do think Amari Rogers is a really interesting pro- uh, mm-hmm. prospect as well.
2: All right, Chad, how did you feel coming <laughs> away with those five guys?
5: Yeah, you know what, I feel I, I don't feel good about highland wallace so much with my second pick i i would again i would prefer to have Terrace marshall there that's who i was hoping for that's who that's who i'd love to get in my dynasty league this year we'll see how it goes but i feel like jamar chase he would. i think he's going to be the the best wide receiver out of this rookie class and wide receivers just typically have a longer a longer career and that's why i focused on wide receivers here
2: yeah, you're not wrong about that. So again, Chad had the second pick. This was a snake draft because the startup rookie draft It was a one quarterback league draft. For those of you who may be just joining now, just so you guys all understand the parameters. Uh, Dow we will go to you and I'll comment on your team first before we before I hear what you have to say. And I like it a lot. I mean, there's nothing really to hate here. I love the Kyle Pitts pick at number five because of everybody, well, and while I got, I love guys like Jamar Chase, and I love Najee Harris, and I love Javante Williams, and I love Jalen Waddle, and I love all those guys. Kyle Pitts has a chance to be the biggest difference maker because let's take a look at Travis Kelsey and what he does from not just a—I don't know why my camera just went out here—but not just from a. Um, a redraft perspective of what he does year in and year out, the way he can dominate and set up your team and how it's built. That's the biggest thing for me, the way he can build out the rest of his team, because now you have a dominant tight end. It's a position. that's going to be a weakness for just about everybody else, except for Dow Howard now. That's the biggest difference. So that's why I really, really like that pick there. I thought it was a smart pick there at number five. And then I like Mac Jones a lot because I think right now, the way we think have things set up at the moment, uh, there's a good chance Mac Jones winds up in the 49ers. And he's going to be in a good offensive system. He's going to have a high floor uh, at the very least. As Adam said, he's going to ha- be a, a high-end QB, two. I think he actually has a little bit more Matt Ryan in him, so I think he can be more of a low-end QB, one, given his situation. And then Elijah Moore might have been the steal of this draft with the fifth pick in the third round. I don't think there's any doubt about that uh, for many of us, quite frankly, and, and then you have Demetric Felton and Marquez Stevenson, two guys that if they run up in the right situation because of the skill sets that they have uh, could actually be something and not just taxi squad guys. So, Chris, I really I really did like your draft a lot. Go ahead and comment on what you felt about that while I try to fix my camera.
3: All right. Um, I mean, I got a little nervous there when I saw I saw Adam taking all the players that I like. Uh, so I wasn't really sure it was going to fall to me because I love Carter, as everybody knows as well. So I was like, Beatman, Carter off the board. Uh-oh. But I feel like I tried to recover. Um, I, I'm a Matt Jones fan, not just because I think he can be Matt Ryan. I look at some other quarterbacks. I think we're getting a little too consumed with the guys that have legs to be fantasy relevant. Um, Tom well, Green, you do two of, legs.
2: Might, otherwise, you can't play football.
3: Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, well, i too, too focused on the legs, I should say. Um, that be fantasy relevant. I think that you see a lot of – like you saw Tom Brady be productive, really fantasy relevant. You've seen Pete Manning be very really fantasy relevant. I think guys who can play in the pocket can be productive. I don't think you have to necessarily be mobile. I understand how I'm concerned about the upside. Is he only a throw of 20 touchdowns, 25 touchdowns? Um, this guy put up the same numbers Joe Burrow did last year. And this guy put up the same numbers too, put up the year before he did. So I don't necessarily think that – and he put, throws one of the best deep balls, I think, in his draft which is make, gives me more excitement that I think he has big play potential, that even he doesn't have a lot of opportunity to throw the ball as much as the 49ers. He might not need to because he can still get the big plays. Um, and then as we talked about Elijah Moore, Adam definitely sold me Elijah Moore. Like I said, I went back and watched the tape, and I'm super impressed with this guy. Um, I think he's kind of a – I'll throw two hits for receivers. Like I said, I heard some Antonio Brown comparisons, but I think he's more like a Deontay Johnson in a lot of ways. And I see that he has a skill set that people have a hard time keeping him in front of them. He gets away from people. He's a big play machine uh, slot position. Uh Felton's another guy where I feel like because of how he's kind of built, um, and I think how he's kind of <clears throat> he transitioned, I think, really well. Like I said, people are really impressed with him into senior bowl. Um, I think he has an opportunity to be productive in a slot position. And he's not gonna be one of the guys like you know, one of those guys you blow on and falls over. He can make people miss, he can, he can break tackles, which I think is hard for a lot of these corners to match up, especially the slot corners in today's league. And then Stevenson. I just like the speed. I like the quickness. And I'm hoping they he wants the right opportunity. Um you see, like, I'd love to see him in Green Bay, for example. Um, give him a right chance to be that number two, number three receiver, and he can take top off of defenses.
2: I like it. I like it. All right, so Adam, he took Rashad Bateman, Trey Sermon, Tutu Atwell, Larry Roundtree, and Smith Marcet. Chad, I want to hear your comments on Adam's team first.
5: All right, Adam's team I was thinking Adam's team is low key gonna be pretty darn good. Like he at, at the start, I, I like your team the most here, Dan. But Adam's team is gonna—I oh, think, think he's it. gonna be sneaky good. I'm not gonna lie, Adam. Like Rashad Bateman, he—where do you think he's gonna go? Where do you think he'll end up?
2: <laughs> I mean, there's a big, there's a big wide range on him right now, right, Adam? Um, yeah. Yeah. He could go like a lot he, of places. Like
5: Rashad Bateman. If he, I think, if he land if he, if he's going to get that spot, if he's going to get a good spot, Rashad Bateman, he could be a steal. He'll be. What if he wound up in Green way. Bay? I would love it in Green Bay. <laughs> I think it would be amazing. I don't. Cons- I, I just don't really consider MVS and is um. What's his name? Is he still on the team? The
4: better um, Saint Brown
5: bunches, bunches.
1: Well, oh, bunch is still on the
2: team, yeah, uh, on the Scantling, team. and then uh, uh, Lazard. Oh, Lazard.
5: Like, Lazard, I mean, Lazard. Um, um, Alan Lazard started having a really good year when, uh, a few good games when Devontae Adams went down. But, and he did that the year prior too, though, but... He got injured and he could just never get the rhythm going back. So is Lazard really their number two? Is he the answer that they believe in? You listen to every single Green Bay fan; they're they're super upset with them drafting Jordan Love last year. They wanted a wide receiver to go with Adams. So is Aaron so Rodgers? I, 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 like is Rashad? Ba- I think if Rashad Babin's that guy, I feel like he, I feel like it could be almost like a Chase Claypool situation here, where he's going in as the number three, number four, he was never number four, but number three guy, and then or four guy, and then he's just going to surprise everyone one day through training. He's going to be low-key. Everyone's going to be like, hey, have you heard about Chase Claypool? Have you? Everyone was saying that leading up in that last year, and then he came out, and he he did he did well. He did really well. Rashad, I, I feel like Rashad Bateman can have that same type of uh, impact if he's on a team like Green Bay. If he's on, if he's going to a competing team, I feel like he's going to do really well this year.
2: Yeah one one hundred percent. All right, yes. Adam, what do you think about your team?
4: Yeah, so on the Bateman statement, I just want to say, and you know, I, I don't want to compare them as a one to one because I, I think player comps are you know can get a little tough that way. But I, I feel like uh, the situation, not the players, but the situation. Are are very similar between him and Justin Jefferson, and that they're getting pushed down because they're more complete players and they aren't it's as really flashy. My
2: comp, go ahead.
4: Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I think he will get pushed down because of that. But I really think he's going to be a productive perimeter guy. Which you know, there's so many really cool uh, project receivers like uh, a Terrace Marshall, and then there's all these great slots like you know both the Moors and um, you know some the other two receivers that I got uh, that I'm, you know, a big fan of getting him at the end of the first. On Trey Sermon, I like the prospect of Ramondre Stevenson more, but I think just with how versatile, with how balanced Trey Sermon is, I feel comfortable taking him, and regardless of where he lands, as long as he has a path to, to playing time in any way, shape, or form, I think he can get it done. Whereas Ramondre Stevenson, I think he's in one role. Trey Sermon, I feel whatever, whatever oh, well, the weakness I, oh, of the, the starter is to that too, is
2: that I think Trey Sermon's going to get drafted. It, from what it sounds like right now, the way things are going, Trey Sermon's going to have more draft capital invested in him, mm-hmm. which is going to mm-hmm. be big as well. Just kind of belabor your point there.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And then, as I said earlier with Tutu Atwell, I'm, um, you know, just trying to take a home run there. You know, if the size problems, you know, give me problems and that's that I can, I can live with that. I'm really with, Tutu Atwell and Smith Marset. I'm hedging my bets that one of them is a productive NFL receiver, and if it's one of the two, I'm happy with that. To be honest with you, then with Larry Roundtree, I've been burnt doing this before, and I'm, you know, I, I'm comfortable if it happens again because it's the fourth round of a five-round draft. But I, I just, I don't care that he ran a four-seven. I don't care because on tape. He accelerates really well. He just may not have any crazy top end speed, but he accelerates well. I think he's got quick feet.
0: Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem?
4: Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Once again, not a top end speed, but he's a super high motor guy. And honestly, if anything, he needs to slow down and be a little bit more patient than than anything else. But I, I think of these late round backs, there's really none of them that have the size to stay in and pass block. Other than him, I think he can get on the field that way. I almost feel similar to him as a prospect, and granted it took him a long time to get on the field, but Peyton Barber is almost a a similar guy to him. We're obviously not a a, um, a, a great receiver in college, not a great athlete in college, but came in, became a productive pass blocker, became a little more patient. And got on the field. And got a role. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then once again, Smith-Marset. I think he's got those long strides uh, and I uh, I think he's a despite his his uh, skinny frame I, I think he's a lot tougher than people give him credit for. You have to be to play at Iowa to be honest with you. Yeah.
2: No, I mean that that's that's a fair point as well. All right, Dahauer, you can uh, critique my team, go for it.
3: Well, let's see. let me get to your team. I mean, first of all, you know I love your Michael Carter pick. Um, I think Michael Carter is my second back. Coming into this draft, um, we talked about his big playability. I think people like to knock his size, um, but he's not built like he's a little – you know, you can't blow him knock him over. He's definitely a solid guy. Um, he's about 5'7", 5'8". I think about 2 or 5, I think he weighed in at. Um, but this guy's the changed, changed the balance, his speed. He's going to have the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. I think you got a home run threat in your hands, and I think a guy that's going to actually hit the league by storm this year. Um, Zach Wilson, another guy who – Top of my board. I mean, I, I I've been battling all year long about whether it's you know it's him or Trey Lance. I'd go with Zach Wilson makes all those throws that people you know ooh and ah over. Um, people question the competition he played against, but I think to your point that going to the Jets I think is actually a really good situation for him. That coaching scheme, that scheme, the Kyle Shanahan scheme, really fits what he does well. He's able to throw on the run better than most quarterbacks can. His RPO action, he has one of the quickest hands in this in this draft, and I think he's going to be productive more so than any of the just quarterbacks we've seen lately, of course. Um, But I also think he's got legs and people don't realize, you know, you talk about legs, but he's got the kind of legs that he can actually run and do something with. Um, People seem to to not. Yeah, exactly. But people seem to have that idea that he's like, he's some kind of pocket quarterback or he's not in the same kind of stratosphere as a Trey Lance. He ran faster than Trey Lance in the 40. Um, And he's, more athletic, and his yards per rush was pretty high up there. Like I said, he's great in the RPO. His hands, he's got quick hands. He's great to play action, one of the best play action passers in this draft. So I think he's got upside. I love that pick. I um, mean, you, you really hit the home with all of my favorite guys. And in Terry, we talked about before, I'm a big Terry fan. Uh, I think that he – ran. I was disappointed in the 40 that he ran, but I also say that when you watch him play, um, this guy is – yeah, you know, had 18 yards per catch last year, and one of the bigger playmakers in the league. So somehow he's getting deep and getting open on people. He's not always jumping over everybody. And he's got better feet than I think people realize. He does plenty. You can watch the tape. You can see him catching screens and make people miss. Um, I think he's got a good skill set. And then I think we talk about Herbert. Um, this is a player that's going to need opportunity. But I think it's going to be one of those guys that's a, a coach's favorite that may give him the opportunity because he does a little bit of everything well. Um Reminds me of kind of an old Deuce Staley for some people. Don't remember who Deuce Staley was, but a guy who can block a little bit, catch a little bit, um, make some plays, he's got good feet, like he's a division. And I think what you're going to see him have opportunities if there's a team, if you can make a team like San Francisco, where all they're looking for is the guy to hit the hole and make sure he hits it and you know, is productive. He's going to have an opportunity on getting some playing time because he does all the little things well. And I think that that's something that he's just going to depend on where he kind of winds up. Does he get buried in a berth- uh, on a berth? Um, a depth chart somewhere, or he's got a shot where a coach is like, hey, "You know what? This guy does what I ask him to do, and I'm gonna play him." So I think you got, I think you got a lot of upside on your team. And overall, I think really nice draft.
2: No, you got to comment on the Tommy Tremble pick. Come on.
3: <laughs> All right. So I skipped Tommy Tremble for a reason. Um, no, I think the comp. I would give Tommy Tremble. I heard some different comps thrown out there. I think he's Hayden Hurst. Um, you and I had a kind of debate about Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst going into that draft a couple years ago, where we saw it kind of differently. I think this guy's more of a plotter. I don't think he's necessarily going to be very effective in the passing game. Maybe in the red zone, so he can use something. I don't think he gets out of his breaks very well. Um, I do think he's a good blocker. And as the chat point, you know, he's going to get on the field because he's a blocker. I don't necessarily think that penalizes him because I look at somebody like T.J. Hockenstein. He's been more productive than Noah Fant has been in the league. So I think that being a blocking tight doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to be productive out there. Um, but I think that does mean that, you might get pigeonholed in some roles, and it might be harder for you on know, certain teams to get opportunity. I think he'd be a great fit. If he goes to the Colts, then I'll sing a different tune. Otherwise, I'm kind of <laughs> questionable where he, what he winds up doing.
2: Being of just keep you guys all updated on current events. A lot of rumors right now surrounding Zach Ertz and the Indianapolis Colts in a trade potentially by this weekend. At the moment, so we'll see what happens there. A nice little Frank Gray, Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz possible reunion going to Indy. Uh, just keep you guys updated on that. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty happy with my team overall. Michael Carter is the explosive guy. He is the home run factor that I'm looking for with that pick, especially in the back end of the first round. Najee Harris is gone. Travis Etienne is gone. Javante Williams is gone. And I believe if you can get one of the top running backs of a what is a weak running back draft class, you have to be able to take that shot. So Michael Carter falling to me at pick 12, frankly, uh, was a blessing in it of itself, in my opinion where he winds up at is really anybody's guess. He's got a he's another one who's got a wide range as far as the NFL draft goes. This is a guy who could be going as high as the second round or as low as the fifth round depending upon what you think about Michael Carter right now. So he's going to be interesting to watch on draft day. But he's going to have that home run hitting ability that more times than not will get its opportunity from teams out there, especially since we live in the committee age. So that's what I'm looking for out of Michael Carter kind of take that. And because he plays a lot bigger than what he is, reminds me so much of Ahmad Bradshaw and the way he runs, and the way he plays the game, so much of Ahmad Bradshaw. If he gets that kind of role, maybe I have a hard time keeping him healthy all the time, but when he's out there, he's going to be a hell of productive Zach Wilson, I can't say enough about this guy. I think he truly is a franchise quarterback. I think he could be the quarterback who turns the Jets around. I think there's a very good chance that that winds up happening. And while the Jets don't have weapons, I'm crazy over Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder. Uh, Denzel Mims developing. That's a pretty decent nucleus there to be able to work off of. And they all fit each other really well. Corey Davis gets to be the intermediate guy on the outside. Denzel Mims gets to stretch the field. James Crowder gets to operate over the middle of the field. So he's going to have the weapons in place already. And he's going to have the veteran guys to go to. And that's going to be the big thing for him, especially in that system leading off where they can all kind of be versatile, interchangeable within that Shanahan-esque system. We still got to see how well they, they do call actually calling the plays, but it will be that Shanahan-esque uh, system. And I, that's kind of why I want to skip ahead real quick to Khalil Herbert. I want him to either go to San Francisco or to New York because my comp for him is a much more explosive Jeff Wilson. It reminds me a lot in that kind of way. We see how effective Jeff Wilson can be in that role. I think Khalil Herbert has a little better vision. I think he's more explosive through the line of scrimmage, but he does that little bit of everything type of thing that Jeff Wilson also brings to the table. So that's why I'm kind of hoping he goes and gets his shot. He, just, he has to go somewhere where a running back who gets drafted later has a history of getting an opportunity. And that typically winds up being Shanahan like systems. Uh, so if we go in the jets to go to the 49ers. Some of that, it's kind of hope where I want, he winds up at, because then I know he'll get a chance at some point, if not from injury, just because they will usually give those guys later picks uh, later on. And then to and Terry. Yeah. I'm, I'm big on what he can bring to the table. Uh, I think, the perimeter receiver is not dead, guys. And, and a lot of these teams are acting like the, you know everything's about the slot. Everything's about the small, fast guy. Eventually, you need somebody who just can get big and go make a catch over two or three guys. That's what he brings to the table. Uh, I'm curious to see where he winds up at. But he has a specific role, and it's a touchdown type of role, which can be very, very valuable from fantasy. And then Tremble, I'm going to get Tremble in the fifth round because he is a project, but I will take guys who are, who are going to get on the field, I believe, more quickly and see what they can become Otherwise, especially in the fifth round, and see what happens there. All right, so everyone's pretty happy with their teams. Let's do this. Let's start with Adam. You can't select your own team. Pick one of our three teams that you think are the best ones. Which Which one's the best one? But you can't pick your own.
4: I gotta go. I gotta go, uh, Chris, for sure. Uh, getting getting that first three, especially. I I will never <laughs> say enough. I will never. Get enough out about Elijah Moore. You know, you get the by far the best tight end of the draft. There is no bigger gap in any other position than between, well, I guess if we're talking technically, then interior, interior defensive line. But in skill <laughs> positions, there's no bigger discrepancy between tight end one and tight end two than any other position of the draft. So get your Kyle Pitts, who's, I think, going to be uh, the most productive. Rookie tight end we've seen in a long time. Mac Jones, like I said, I'm not gonna uh, act as if I'm the highest on him here, but he's you know a super uh, a super like he's a guy that you can have as your starting quarterback in a one quarterback, and if the rest of your team is stacked, you will be very good. Love Elijah Moore, and then the other two guys I think are very good. Dart throws, if not guys that are are good sleeper picks, really
2: chat who do you think has the best team not your own
5: you know i'm going with you dan and a lot of the reasons you brought up were uh selling the selling khalil herbert and t to marion terry that that's what uh got me for you there you were you were saying how uh well besides the block the titan at the end there we'll see we'll see how he turned <laughs> out but um uh you're saying like He's bringing that big body big body aspect that not a lot of the other wide receivers have, except maybe Terrace Marshall. But you're getting him around. You're getting him around less, so you you getting that value because you're getting Zach Wilson that exact same round, and you're going to have a quarterback who's just going to be starting right away, and he's going to be going into a system built around him everything is going to be new there everything is brand new and everything's going to be built around him if he is the quarterback prospect they believe he will be and and uh, Michael Carter Michael Carter like you said out of the top 3 running back top 3 big running backs there Michael Carter offers the explosiveness to really really push in and get a uh, get some activity on the field and uh, did you mention he I wasn't sure if it was him you guys were talking about here, but uh, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the long like he, he doesn't have the, the the explosiveness from the line. Did someone mention that?
2: No, I, I mean I no. find Michael Carter very explosive.
5: No, who were we talking? It, it could have been Stevenson, maybe. I'm getting. I might be yeah mixed mixed up here anyways um i i think all your you have the the best well-rounded team of everyone here and that's what i love about the end of the draft you get the you get those back-to-back guys you just don't get later on so
3: kudos you have a great team i think
2: thank you thank you sir all right Dahauer, who's your favorite team not your own
3: so i keep going back and forth because i'm looking i love what adam did with his team um I think I, I give Adam the all-sleeper team in a lot of ways. I think he's got a lot. I mean, like, when I look at it, though, he's got starters out through his lineup. And that's where I kind of look at guys who I think actually are going to start in the, in the league. Um, I think a lot of people are talking about Trey Sermons. It could be a workhorse back, and that's kind of what his profile would be. Brown tree is very similar. Um, I like Bateman a lot. We talked about, I think, um, to me, he's DeAndre Hopkins all over again in a lot of ways. So I like him, and Tutu Atwell, I think he's extremely underrated. I think he's going to be very productive. But I go with your team because the high-end potential, the Carter-Wilson pairing right off the bat is where you kind of sold me, sell me, and there were two of my favorite players in this draft. And I think you're going to probably – you might walk away with the two best players in this draft, um, fantasy-wise, long-term. Like I, said, I think I said, Zach Wilson gets really underrated on his, his ability to use his legs and scramble and get yards rushing, but he also could throw the ball. It reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers, um, and I think that he can be highly productive in the a, in a right system, and right fit. Michael Carter, I think, is, to me, is going to take the lead by storm in a lot of ways because people just seem to think see that he's just because he's small, he's not that good. He's fast, he's quick, he can get in and out of his routes, he's going to catch the ball well. He's going to be really a pain in the butt to stick out of that backfield, too. Those ankle routes, he's going to get a lot of big yardage and he'll have an opportunity to make some people miss. Uh, I'm a big Terry fan. Like I said, you talked about the red zone opportunities for him. I think he's actually a starter in this league long term. And I think Herbert actually can be a starter in the league long-term. I think that Herbert's one of those guys that once he gets on the field, it's going to be hard to get him off the field. Um, so I like your team overall more so because I think you have the high-end factor. But I have to give Adam's kudos. like He, he found all the guys who like the sleeper in each each round in the sense and the guys who actually probably have a chance to start in the league.
2: Adam's Billy Bean. He, he is he is the money ball man. I like that quite a bit too. Uh, don't worry, Howard. I'm going to tie up who the best team is because I'm going to go with yours. So we're both going to have two votes apiece. I'm just blown away with that top three of Kyle Pitts, Mac Jones, Elijah Moore, and then having Demetrik Felton and Marquez Stevenson. The fact that I see them really having roles, the fact that they're special teams players are not going to get cut. So they're going to get their opportunities and there are specific skill sets that they have uh, that I think will allow them to play really well and actually get on the field and have an opportunity to do something. That's what you're looking for in those fourth and fifth round picks. And then just, like I said, Elijah Moore, he's a starting receiver somewhere year one. He's going to have redraft value right off the bat. You got him in the third round. So, again, that's just a steal of the draft at the end of the day. And, of course, Kyle Pitts and Mac Jones being on the 49ers uh, gives you the value that you're kind of looking for out of those two as well. So we'll end it there at two of, two apiece. But it was a lot of fun, guys. And, like I said, we're going to do this uh, in two weeks. We won't be back next week, but the week after for this show, we'll be back. We're going to do this again. And we're going to see how drastically different it's going to be once we actually know where these guys are. And with, some, you know, and with their value, like Elijah Moore is a sleeper, but what if Elijah Moore, I don't know, winds up on Baltimore and all of a sudden he has no targets. So there's going to be things like that that are going to come out of this draft, uh, and we're really going to get a chance to dive into that. Chad, I hope we have you back again for that show. Uh, we definitely would like to have you back, sir. You're awesome. Glad to have you on in this one. Uh, you just had an article come out today. I want to talk about that a little bit and what you have working on next and where to follow you.
5: Yeah, I just, uh, I I mentioned earlier, I just finished doing a, my free agency, uh, free agency frenzy of tight ends. Finally, I wrapped it up with tight ends. That was the last position to go over. And I went over uh, five tight ends who are on new teams this year and the new changes and what we can potentially expect to see from them based off of what's, what, what's been left with them and what were, what they're taking away with them to their new teams and then my next uh, project I want to work on here is actually going over the run, rookie running backs going into this draft. Uh, four, four to five of the uh, top prospects.
2: Awesome, and awesome! Everybody, check that out.
5: Spots, I'm emphasizing on landing spots because I truly believe that's the best, the best, uh, the most important factor for for year one fantasy output.
2: Absolutely. Where where can we follow you at?
5: Oh yeah, you can follow me at uh, FF Coffee Break at on Twitter, and um, awesome. yeah, hit me up there.
2: Awesome, yeah. Chad is an excellent follow; has excellent content coming out twenty four seven. Adam, you've been working on the tiers for running backs. Uh, how's that going? And what else you got coming up for us soon?
4: Yeah, it's going well. I'll have, uh, hopefully, Tier 2 before the draft. Uh, Xavier University's been a little selfish and decided to schedule <laughs> finals on draft week, which is really mean. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so I'm dealing with my last finals right now. Uh, but yeah, you can catch up with me at Larue Adam. Uh Real quick, before we get out of here, guys, uh, I just got to ask, is there anyone undrafted that you would be... Eager to potentially get as uh one of your your um uh, like as a buy to maybe stash in the taxi Nico squad. Collins.
2: Nico Collins was was going to be the guy I was I was debating with with Tommy Tremble, uh, another big-bodied wide receiver, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like a Tamarian Terry, maybe a little bit more explosive, but a bit more raw at the same time. But a Nico Collins coming out of Michigan is going to be the guy that I was going to contemplate taking that didn't get drafted.
4: Yeah, I, I think I between I was between uh. At the end there, uh, a Davis Mills, a Jalen Darden, and an Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell almost reminded me of, I, I think his, his pro day was a little misleading. I don't think he actually has that kind of speed, but patience-wise, I do consider him similar to like a Marlon Mack.
2: Adam's saying it was a 39-40, not a 40-40. <laughs> Dower, come on, man. What are, we, what are we doing this week, buddy?
3: It is draft week. So you're going to find this on Thursday, on Friday, from MDD, MDF's football show, from Belly Up, from everybody. With, that. Oh, At if, Belly I'm Up sorry. Show. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but regardless, you can find us everywhere, and you definitely want to tune in because we're going to have a few shows that's going to cover all three aspects of the fantasy draft. We're going to cover football, we're going to cover fantasy, and we're going to cover betting. So you're not going to find that in one place. Um, and I think that's one of the cool things we're going to bring to the table this Thursday and Friday, and as everybody kind of hinted and talked about, a lot of the key things about fantasy this year is where the guys are going to want to land and where their spots are going to be. We're going to be talking to you about that live, so you guys got to listen to us on Thursday and Friday.
2: Yeah, 100%. We're going to start at 730 on Thursday. We're going to have Kenneth Giles, the CEO from Symbol, uh, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. It's a new type of gambling app Uh, It'll be really interesting. He's going to talk about that quite a bit. We'll have Mike Brown, the co-founder of Belly Up Sports. And we're going to have Chaz Filardi, our betting expert at Belly Up Sports, coming on from Sports Betting Weekly. They're going to kick off the show with us. Adam's going to join us for the first five picks along with two others. So we're going to talk about that as well. You're going to see him. Chad's going to be on there on Friday. They'll be there. So you're going to see the deep knowledge that Chad has. He brings to the table, which we desperately need when we're breaking down these players that later on in the draft, especially from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, We're going to have everything like Chris said. I had a tweet out the other day. um, One of the props going into it. I'm going to have a couple more leading into the draft, leading into our preview uh, show. Uh, But one of the big things right now, I think this has actually changed even more significantly. Uh, Mac Jones sitting at minus 360 with Trey Lance at plus 275. Yes, while Mac Jones is the heavy favorite to go three, there is close to at least a 50-50 shot of it being Trey Lance, meaning you want to take the shot on that bet. Don't bet a ton, but at plus 275, you don't have to bet a lot to get a lot of great odds. We're going to have a lot of betting props like that that we're going to be going over throughout the draft. So that way, if it's not a fantasy-relevant player, if it's not your favorite team... We're going to try to win you money. And there's going to be all the more reason why you need to be checking out the Belly Up Sports' MDs and BUFL's NFL draft coverage at 7.30 and on Thursday. And we'll be back again on, yeah, and giveaways. And we'll be back again on 6 30 on Friday to preview and then kick off from 7 o'clock on, on Friday as well. We're going to have a couple of Manscaped giveaways, we're going to have a, a Kong beer giveaway. And we'll see what else uh, good old Mike Brown sends down from above for us to give away as well. Check us out at Belly Up MDFF Show. Check this show out. And the baseball, BUFL baseball is going to be on tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Check it out at Belly Up Fantasy. Kevin Wilson and Vince Stover do a great job with that show. They'll be on And baseball has been kicking off, and it's been off to a hot start. And I've been having to listen to them every single week, and I'm off to a 2-0 start because I've been listening to them every single week so far. So make sure you go ahead and check them out, too. Follow us at Belly Up Sports as well. Give us a shout-out. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Well, actually, no, we'll see you in two days. But this show will be back in a couple of weeks at 8.30 at Belly Up Fantasy on your social media accounts. Everyone, take care, and we'll see you again
0: real, real soon.
1: Thanks.